0: This is Hemant.
1: And this is Jessica.
0: And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash podcast, leave reviews, all that fun stuff. How has what? your week been?
1: It's good. Why did I say this is Jessica? I didn't like it. it no one really knows. I really threw the whole rhythm off. You would um, think
0: I would start over, but I'm not.
1: No, 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 no. Not important enough for that. Oh, my week's going okay. been to the park in the mornings before it gets blisteringly hot. I had McDonald's for lunch today for the first time in like six months and boy oh boy (laughs) did i slam jam a double cheeseburger and some chicken nugs and now i'm severely dehydrated
0: (laughs) (laughs) how are you i'm okay it was a slow week other than it was a normal week other than all these stories that we're about to talk about
1: yeah i like just through the week when i'm on social media i'll bookmark things for the show and the last Mo- a couple months or so, I haven't been bringing in a ton, and then this week it was just like every day I would find like five things. Yeah,
0: nope. There's definitely a lot to discuss. Let's let's start with this one just because I saw a lot of misinterpretations about it. So I don't do this often. Might as well set the record straight about it. Okay. So this has to do with the White House press secretary Kaylee McEnany. Uh-huh. She was doing her regular briefing. And someone asked her, you know, uh, do you how are you going to get schools back open? Because she said schools should open back up. That's what the Trump administration wants. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, how are you going to do that? You're not doing anything to help out schools. And the thing she said that's getting quoted everywhere is the science should not stand in the way of this.
1: Mm -hmm. which a
0: lot of people online took to be like, we're not going to listen to the scientists. We're just going to open up the schools and have at it. Yeah. But Uh I would say if you listen to her longer and put her comment in some context, that's not what she said. And actually what she said is arguably worse (laughs) because (laughs) She wasn't saying, like, uh, the science shouldn't get in the way of this. Like, we're not going to let scientists tell us what to do. We'll do whatever we want. She was actually saying the science is on our side and that science shouldn't get in. shouldn't be an obstacle for us because the science is with us. She actually went on to say the science is clear on this dot dot dot. The risk of critical illness from covid is far less for children than that of seasonal flu. She went Um, on to say the science is on our side here. We encourage localities and states to just follow the science. Open our schools.
1: So what you're what I'm hearing and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, um, but this person whose only job it is to is to be a communicator on behalf of the White House failed spectacularly at her single job by unleashing that word salad upon us. It's partly that.
0: Partly, I think people are just eager to jump on her because it's easy to attack anyone in the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem for me with what she said. She cited one thing that says kids are less likely to die from COVID. That's like one study as if, all right, well, that'll dictate everything.
1: That study... Yeah, I I was listening to Sawbones this week and apparently that study is that everybody's quoting is from like a like a French school with like 30 kids and the school shut down. So they don't really know. Like, even I don't know if that's true or not is specious.
0: Okay, well, regardless, even if they opened up the school, what I didn't hear her say anywhere in there, because she actually said something that I agreed with, which is if you don't open up schools it's going to damage kids in other ways. For example, uh, kids might be mentally depressed. Uh, Kids uh, aren't, uh, reports of abuse don't happen when kids don't go Mm -hmm. to school. I mean, there are a lot of things kids are missing out on if they don't go to school. That's accurate. The problem is if you send kids to school and you're basing that off of, well, the kids are going to be safe, who do you think teaches them? Who who runs these schools? It's adults. A lot of them are older adults. Mm -hmm. And even if the kids aren't dying from COVID, they may be symptomatic. They may test positive for it. Mm -hmm. And they'll pass that along to teachers who are very much susceptible to it. Yeah. And they'll pass that along. Like, we're not worried about the kids only. Yeah. Everyone else in this equation, because how are you going to open up schools? And I raised a bunch of questions about this myself. But some of the questions that she did not answer is... Like if teachers test positive for COVID, what happens? Do they have to take two weeks off? And if they have to take two weeks off, does their insurance cover it? Will they be paid for the time off? What about substitute teachers? You got to have those. And they're floating between a bunch of different buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, If a teacher tests positive... What happens to all 150 kids that teacher teaches? Mm -hmm. Like, do they all have to stay home for two weeks? Do we take any precautions? Like who's testing all of these people? We can, I get it for the NBA or something because there's a limited number of them. But there's no indication that the Trump administration is going to pay for every public school student and teacher to be tested. No. And bus drivers have to be te- I mean, there's so many adults. Custodial adult-
1: staff, administration yes. staff. yeah, All of
0: them are in this mix. None of them are going to be tested properly. And again, the adults are the ones we're worried about here. Right. So, Can,
1: can yeah. I add on top of that, what about teachers and school workers who are immuno, immunocompromised, like right. do they, are we just going to say tough shit to them? And yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I know. Th- so
0: this idea that just open up schools, science is on our side. No. Even if the study you're citing is legit and kids are doing significantly fine in the midst of the COVID, pan- like, <laughs> COVID crisis, right. it doesn't matter because the kids are not teaching themselves in these schools.
1: And I, I think the one of the biggest frustration points for me is, and, and this is not just about schools, this is across everything, is saying like we want to open schools, we want to open the economy, we want to open restaurants or whatever, but with no real plan in place, no, right. no, no plan from a from a national leadership standpoint, and I like
0: like you hope your governor Do you hope the governor down? and the board of education like the yeah. state superintendent is right. sensible
1: yeah it's it's absolutely i just don't i understand why people want to go back to school the same reason i want to go to a fucking bar i just need to get <laughs> out of this house yeah but like
0: and I've heard this yeah. from teacher friends too. Like, they would love to get back to school. They miss the kids. They, oh, they want to go back remotely. Yeah, but they can't. It's stupid. Like, unless you are taking every precaution. And there's literally nowhere where all these precautions are being met because yeah. Republicans are not good at this.
1: Um, I would highly, highly recommend the most recent episode of Sawbones, uh, which is a medical history podcast, but is more aiming toward medical literacy in a lot of ways so this this particular episode i'm going to find the name is about medical literacy and um, media literacy around medicine so when you see study shows XYZ what you should look for and what that means and then she does a pretty good rant about um about schools as well it's episode 331 health media literacy so i'd recommend that if you don't listen already
0: I'm going to jump to a couple stories that haven't gotten any real attention, but they're disturbing for anyone just worried about Christian nationalism in the government. So there's two stories. Here's the first one. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, a year ago, a little over a year ago, he actually said he was creating a new commission on unalienable rights, like to, to focus on who knows what, something. He said they would talk about the founding principles of natural law and natural rights, which is kind of Christian code for the way conservative Christians always want things to be. Um, Like when they use the word natural, they're talking about no trans people in here. We got to oppose marriage equality. Women don't get control over their bodies, things like that. So he formed this commission a year ago. But again, with a lot of things, Trump, it's like, okay, you say you're going to do something and then nothing pans out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yesterday, uh, on Thursday, he announced that this commission that he put together had released a report about the American spirit. And it's all about what our government's going to do. It was called the, just the report of the commission on unalienable rights,
1: mm-hmm. Um
0: And here's the thing that you should be concerned about.
1: Everything. Uh,
0: They were basically talking about, like, let us talk about the foundation of America. Uh And one of the things that formed America, and I'm quoting here, is how we embraced the beautiful biblical teachings that every human being is imbued with dignity and bears responsibilities toward fellow human beings because each is made in the image of God. That only came from the Bible. No one knew people had dignity until the Bible came along. It also references the biblical heritage of our founding fathers, which again is not the case. It's just rewriting American history to make it sound way more Christian than it actually was, which is what? these are the same people who get mad at people like taking down Confederate soldier statues. Cause they're like, how dare you rewrite history? That's what he's doing here. Um, I'll just give you a sampling of how atheist groups responded to this report. Okay. The American Humanist Association said it takes a rigid and exclusionary view of human rights. Mm-hmm. Um, also, by the way, if this is what Pompeo is pushing, it leaves a lot of groups vulnerable. What if you're not Christian? What if you don't fall into conservative Christian like you're a good person, LGBTQ people? Like, is the secretary of state not going to help you out? The Center for Inquiry called it a vehicle for Christian nationalism. The Freedom Mm -hmm. from Religion Foundation just flat out called it dangerous. Uh, This is, and by the way, this was a draft report. The final version goes out in two weeks. Oh. Um, But it's just disturbing. This is what our government is promoting. And the only silver lining that I could really find here is that What are they going to do with this? And if Joe Biden wins, there's a chance nothing really happens with it, which may be the best thing we can hope for. Right. But seriously, disturbing stuff. Um, The other side of this, the other thing the government was doing that was very troublesome and should be troubling to a lot of people is that it turns out. Remember, there was this paycheck protection program Um, It gives loans to small businesses because you can't work. No one's coming to your stores. So we will give you some amount of money to tide you over while the pandemic is happening. Uh And as long as most of it goes towards salary and just uh, business expenses, things like that. And we found out, we've talked about this in the past couple of weeks, a lot of that money went to religious organizations, like $10 billion upwards of to religious organizations that there's no accountability. We don't know Mm -hmm. where the money's going, all that sort of thing. Well, it turns out the Freedom From Religion Foundation released a set of recordings, basically where the White House, representatives of the White House, spoke directly to evangelical Christian leaders, telling them, you should apply for these loans. This is money for you. You should apply. Um, One of them said, like, you can be a church. I mean, it implied... You could be a church that doesn't provide any secular social services, mm-hmm. um, but you could have your wages covered by taxpayers. In another case, they even had Paula White, the televangelist, Trump's spiritual leader, on a call where someone on the Trump staff basically told these pastors, we want to make sure the resources from the PPP program can get to America's faith-based communities. Um This is not a call they had with non-Christian groups. It's not a call they had with atheist groups, for sure. Just to, like, Christian right groups. Um, Again, this is what they're doing with your money. This is why, one of the reasons people are trying to raise red flags, because none of this stuff ever gets attention in -hmm. this administration, because Trump always has something else going on. Um, All right. Can let me talk about something that's more personal. Oh, uh, not personal. It's intra-atheist drama, which I hate <laughs> in general. Yes, but I feel like this should be discussed. Okay, so there is an organization called uh, Atheist Alliance International. It's been around for a long time. Like it, it was, I forgot the origin story. I won't even try to tell you it. Who cares? Um, but it's one of these groups that's been around for a while. They're the ones that hired David Silverman, like, last year for, like, a couple of months.
1: Oh, I didn't realize and that And them.
0: And then got rid of him a couple months later, and now they have a new guy in charge. Anyway, normally, the stuff that they do that I like is that they will highlight examples of atheists who are kind of under attack in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So here's an atheist who said, you know, God doesn't exist. And now people are coming after them and they need help. They need security and they're raising money for those groups and all of that. um, Assuming they're transparent and we always know where the money is going and stuff, that's all well and good. But the director of that organization, uh, a guy named Michael Sherlock, basically is on Twitter And he's using language that I wouldn't care if it was just random dude on Twitter. But I care when you're the president of an atheist organization that, by the way, has like status at the United Nations, special consultative, consultative status with the U.N.
1: We don't have that.
0: I know they have 200,000 fans on Facebook. They portrayed themselves as like one of the handful of global atheist organizations. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to represent that group, and then you basically say religion is a, I won't say the word on the podcast, but our word, the R slur -slur. religion is an art relic that needs archiving in humanity's library of bad ideas. Fancy way of saying religion is bad. Okay, fine. You could say that, but when you call it the R slur, like, why? it's ableist,
1: it's juvenile, it's offensive, it's yeah. not helpful in any way, it sucks.
0: And then to make it worse, when uh, one critic on Twitter said, maybe don't use that word, mm-hmm. uh, he responded by calling her the C word. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, just really doubled, doubling down hard, huh?
0: And then said it twice because she said, you shouldn't call me that either. To which he said, you are a C word. That's not my fault. Again, if it's Sorry. a random dude on Twitter, yeah, I can it's- block or mute. But this is the president of an organization that purports to speak for atheists. And it's disturbing. And when I said that, uh-huh. the response I got, not just from dumb people on twitter again i don't really care what they have to say but the response i got even from another board member of the organization is i don't think i'm paraphrasing here i don't think you understand that no. the r slur has another definition that means oh, delayed fuck or slow fuck
1: off. <laughs>
0: To which point they even said, I'm going to quote this one because they quoted it. They quoted a Christopher Hitchens line in which he said, um, basically, man created God. That's what Christopher Hitchens once wrote. Uh-huh. And he said that this has retarded the development of civilization." OK, agree or disagree with his sentiment there, but that's like the acceptable proper use of the word. That's not yeah. an offensive use. I kind of wonder why he chose that word. But all right, I'm not and raising sure. a fuss about it. That's not what this guy said. That's not what he's saying on Twitter. And yet the organization is like, "Yep, yeah, we're fine with that. I don't think you understand the other definition of the word. And then I was, I even pointed out, well, the same guy has used the R word and the C word in clearly the offensive score
1: context
0: in other instances.
1: Does this kind of reek of um, people trying to reclaim the swastika because it was a Hindu symbol? <laughs> Doesn't that have the same, like, you, I, lost, I'm sorry, you, you, you lost this fight and there will be yeah, more?
0: I cannot believe this is the hill these people are trying to die on. Because again, and it's. it's it's not even word policing. It's not tone policing. I don't care if it's you, but if you're the sort of group that has in the past asked me personally to promote a project you're doing or, hey, we're doing a fundraiser for this atheist who's in danger. Uh-huh. If you're going out of your way to do that and then this is what you're doing with your leadership, like, yeah. come on. What the hell? Jesus. So uh, I, here's what I've learned since all this because I swear this has taken up two days. Here's why I partly hate doing this. I don't like talking about intra atheist fighting because one, no one cares. And two, when I write about this stuff, it takes a lot more time than usual because I want to be nuanced. I uh-huh. want to make I, I know a lot of these people personally and also no one reads it. Like, I know my stats. No one reads articles about, like, infighting. No one—it's not clickbait because no one's clicking on it because no one cares. They care about Trump stuff. They don't care about some atheist group no one's ever heard of. You know what I mean? Uh But after I posted about this, I have heard three members of their advisory board— they haven't publicized an advisory board, but they've asked people, will you be on it or are going to release that list soon— um, well, I know who's on that list. I reached out to those people. Are you okay with all this? Three people have now resigned. The um, woman who said it on Twitter, David McAfee, said, I had accepted to serve on the board as a trial ba- on a trial basis, but I immediately left the organization upon becoming aware of the language referenced below. There's no room for this type of thing in an organization dedicated to, to helping others. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Um, Michael Sherlock himself... Posted about this on the organization's website. Actually, I'm sorry, he did it on his personal website. Here's how he described this whole conversation. There's a small, this is a small yet vocal handful of self-righteous and self-appointed conformity crusaders on a, <laughs> on a jihad <laughs> for Crusader, puritanical right? on a jihad for puritanical purity among atheists who see it as their moral duty to cleanse the atheist movement of its heretics. I do not, however, share their imam-like zealotry for enforcing informal blasphemy laws.
1: Did so he let parap- that? With- let me paraphrase <laughs> this for you. It sounds like he wrote that with, like, refrigerator poetry <laughs> magnets, but they're all, what? like, atheist buzzwords. I know. Let me paraphrase. I
0: yeah. said... Maybe using the R-word to describe something is offensive. And they responded, how dare you punish me with atheist blasphemy laws? And then he said a bunch of things that sound Islamic to sound scary.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. And
0: then he went on to accuse. Like, it's just oh it's insane okay so
1: they need a new president because i need a new job this i i don't know that this is a job someone wants
0: at this point it's like the defense against the dark arts people okay so (laughs) a day a day after all this went down here's what Uh i finally heard from uh from atheist alliance international They said, oh, by the way, one guy who runs the Atheist Foundation of Australia, which is the largest organized atheist group in Australia, said we had been asked to join them, Atheist Alliance International, Uh uh, but we decided against it, partly because of the way Michael Sherlock is acting. Um, Last night, uh, I'm sorry, this is maybe Thursday night, Atheist Alliance International posted an article saying we had a meeting, we've suspended Michael Sherlock for one month without pay, and that he's been reminded that damaging the group's reputation could lead to being fired without advanced notice. Hmm. I would point out they published this statement on Twitter with a link to their website with the actual full statement. They did not post it on Facebook, which is how they reach everybody. Uh So that's interesting. Um, And the most they said is the committee found that Michael fell short of these ideals in ex- in this exchange, their yes. ideals of treating people with respect, sure, sure, which sure. is a weird way when they're referring to a guy who's just calling his critics, the C word over and over.
1: Holy shit. Oh my oh, God. By the
0: way, You know what they said? They were, ups- they said they were specifically referring to him calling his critic, the C word. What about the R word? The committee found that Michael used the word without intending any disrespect or offense oh, to anyone oh my Um, god like all you you know we sometimes say this i maybe we said it about jk rowling a while back if you have billions of dollars as an author and you're rich and famous how hard is it to sit on twitter and not be transphobic
1: and like this is all these are all unforced errors like you just
0: like you're the president of this global atheist organization all you have to really do is like not call people slurs and no one would be upset. Like, yeah, at least let them be upset at you for the right reasons. Like you're promoting atheism. I don't like that. Um, the sad thing is, like, I I want them to succeed. Like, I like their cause. Uh-huh. If your goal is like we want to make atheism more acceptable, I'm I'm totally there. Yeah. But you're this guy is making my job and your job and other activists' job, like you're making our jobs harder by being an asshole to critics. Who are basically saying, "Hey, maybe you uh, watch your language." If you, the only way you can communicate that religion is bad is by using slurs against every, and he uses the word "liberally" to hmm. describe eh, predominantly Islam, but religion in general. If that's your only method of communication, you're not good at your job. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not even. I don't even call for his firing or anything. It's just like, just do your job better. That's it. This isn't complicated. And yet, uh, even today, today's Friday, this morning, one of their other board members wrote up a long article, very passive-aggressive, on the group's website, on Pathios, where I also happen to blog, basically (laughs) explaining the other definition of the R-word.
1: Oh, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Go literally jump up your own ass. How hard is it to
0: just say, like, yeah, he shouldn't have said that. We've told him not to say that. Uh, in his professional capacity. Is, or is it a
1: cultural thing that admitting you're wrong is near impossible for people who, especially sure those that. in like power?
0: I, I, maybe. That feels true. And,
1: I'm <laughs> like, sorry. Power should have had big square quotes around it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's just how do you treat your critics? You can ignore them. You can maybe learn from them. Or, but I don't know, lashing out by using slurs that everyone is saying, like, I have a special needs child and oh, I can yeah. tell you from personal experience that's offensive.
1: Yeah. Or maybe at least listen to that person. Yeah. Yep, um, yep, yep. Instead or, of. Or, and hear me uh, out, yes. disabled people themselves who say, yeah. no, I don't care to be called that. It fucking yeah. sucks.
0: Yeah. Um and again I know how to read. I know what his tweet said. He wasn't using the other definition. No, he like, absolutely me was not. Uh anyway, I don't well, know I mean, what they're going to do. I'm just disturbed that this group this is the group that hired Silverman and now hired this guy. Like how hard can it be to just find someone? I get that they like firebrands. Mm-hmm. I like that they get people who aren't afraid to criticize religion. But if your idea of criticizing religion is I'm just gonna like say fuck a lot and you know uh, shit all over religion or something, this is the best activism I can do. Which matches, by the way, an angry twelve year old on Reddit. Right, that's the height of your activism. And by the way, I'm still trying to figure out, I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong here, but I'm looking on their website for like, oh, you're doing a fundraiser to help this person. Where's the money going? I haven't been able to get that information from their website. I don't know where it's going. I want more transparency. And I can't find that either. Like, it's not hard if the only thing you're doing is this sort of thing. Be open. Um, You do your job better. Can I
1: make a soft pitch? Yes. And it is this. Um, I have, no, I have never been the president of a major atheist organization. True. However, things I have not done, sexually assaulted anybody. Good. Slurs. And I'm a firebrand because I yell a lot. My biggest oh, fault look at that. is that I am a human woman, oh. which could be a mark against me. hmm Um... But and I yell and I swear but they don't seem to have a problem with that and like if they're really attached to using the word cunt I can use it liberally as a woman so <laughs> just give me a call shoot, shoot. friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com
0: <laughs> I'm going to get I'm a lot not, of angry emails in my inbox. I'm not doing anything
1: ever. right now <laughs> um, can we since I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama can we talk yeah. about another Twitter feud that you're involved in I am uh-huh.
0: Who am I fighting with?
1: Um baseball player Aubrey Huff? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I okay, I swear. You know I follow baseball too. I'm a fan. I watch games. I swear I did not hear about this guy. I I, I had not heard about this guy until like last week.
1: Okay. <sighs> here's what I want. <laughs> so I saw this. I was thrilled about it because it can't be clear enough live for this drama. Um, <laughs> cause it's just kind of the low stakes drama that I need to like make me more petty than I already am. <laughs> um, and I too, I'm a baseball fan. Um, last year I did a huge baseball road trip with my husband. I'm a diehard Cubs fan. Um, I am not a uh, baseball dork, though. Um, I have very close friends who are baseball dorks, including my husband is a baseball dork. Um, So I reached out to these people because I said, well, first of all, you want to talk about what Aubrey Huff did and why he's the uh, subject of our ire?
0: Jesus Christ. No, I don't remember what he said. I just know it was stupid. What did he do?
1: Um, He yelled about um, something about COVID lockdowns.
0: Oh, something,
1: and then oh, oh yeah, and he used the F word. He used fuck a lot. Oh yeah, called him.
0: Okay, so basically, this picture, this baseball picture, he might be retired now. I'm not sure. He's retired retired for a minute. Okay, so basically, he was saying like, screw face masks, whatever Trump rant. Like, I like whatever Trump is saying about face masks. Like, you don't have to wear them. Who cares? It's stupid. They're out to get you. He's going on this rant. He is throwing F-bombs all over the place. But then at one point in his long, like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck face mess, whatever. He says, like, gosh, damn it or something. (laughs) Gosh, darn it. Like, that's the one he felt the need to tiptoe around because he's a good Christian. And that cracked me up because here's a guy swearing left and right. I don't even care that he's saying something stupid. Just the idea that someone could swear left and right, but when they get to "god damn it," they're like, "Well, I, I better watch myself. I don't want to offend anybody."
1: Yeah. Um. Real quick, Hammond, You know, I hate to be uh to correct you, but he was not a pitcher. No, Who was, was he? Uh, he was kind of a utility guy. He played first, third, left, right, and second. See, that's he me he's
0: not good at anything.
1: Yeah. Well, and he was a, a designated hitter because <laughs> fucking American League. Um, <laughs> But he played and he played for the Orioles, um, the Rays, I think, won two World Series with uh, the Giants. He's not not a
0: random player. He's a guy with some notoriety, even Um, in baseball circles.
1: So I knew I wanted to talk about him. And I was like, what better way to bring the heat than to reach out to my baseball dorks and be like, let me light this guy up with some really good tailored insults to his baseball career. Uh So I reached out to a few people. Um, uh, Some I got really helpful information, some not so much. Um, So one of my dear friends, uh, Patrick, who officiated my wedding is a top tier baseball dork. Like he is a fucking encyclopedia. So I text him and then he called me back and I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> bring the heat, Patrick. This is what we're gonna do. And he <laughs> said to me, "I went on BaseballReference.com. Yes. And at the bottom of the each player's thing, uh, each player's like page, it scrolls down and it tells them it tells you what players they were statistically most like in a given year. Okay. And for like three years in a lo- in a row, he was most similar to Hunter Pence." who was on Bill Nye, the science guy and believes in science okay. Can you do anything with that. And I said, no, that's dumb. You're bad at insults. <laughs> um, my husband took up the he's down here. He took up the uh, interesting position of um, he had an unremarkable career, which I thought was a pretty good passive aggressive burn, but not really the mm-hmm. fire I was looking for. And then, oh, my brother said he was a bum. That was the best well, he could okay. do for me. All right. Um, then Mikey approached me yesterday and said recently the Giants celebrated the 10-year anniversary of winning what their first World Series? It wasn't their first. Oh, just our World Series. Yeah. The entire team was invited back and they did not invite him, despite <laughs> the fact that he did play on that team. Because everybody fucking hates this guy. <laughs>
0: So That sounds about right. Okay. Did
1: I did I want to bring something about how he can't hit a curveball? Yes. Do I have that <laughs> locked and loaded? I don't. But I feel like the fact that all of his peers hate him really speaks <laughs> volumes. So nice. You know, that's when I'm. That's right. And I'm now he's
0: me. a Trump hype man. Yeah. That's what he does with his career. He's
1: a nut job. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, that I wanted to talk about. I'm really glad we got to that. Thank you to my uh, to my friends who really <laughs> came through with the heat. Um, going back to schools, do you want to talk about um, some cool things that parents are doing in, uh, in Illinois?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: So, um, Illinois, the home of Hemet Mehta and Jessica Blumke Greif. You know, bastion, a blue state, bastion of reason. Um, we are currently thick in the debate of reopening schools, as is the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, other things that are happening in our state, deficits, police violence, speaker racism. Speaker of our
0: House just got implicated in a huge <laughs> the corruption house, scandal.
1: Former Speaker of the House, I believe. No, right? Current. Yeah. Oh, I thought he got voted out
0: like most powerful Democrat in the state that no yeah. one outside of our state has ever heard of.
1: Yeah. yeah. His name is Mike Madigan. He is a monster. Um, anyway, so, you know, teachers are underpaid. Classrooms are f- too full. And are parents marching about this? Are they upset? Not really. What are they marching about? Um, well, thousands of people from across the state are expected to rally in Springfield in opposition to children wearing face masks while in school. <laughs> I don't know what to say or think about this. I how do you teach people
0: it's a good thing to care about other human beings?
1: You can't. It is a it is a empathy is something that cannot be taught is a thing I am convinced of right now like the moral of
0: this entire podcast right right.
1: sidebar did you hear that nick cannon got in trouble because he said (laughs) he said people with more melatonin had more empathy and people are really mad about it and i think it's fucking hysterical that's Um, not even
0: the anti-semitic stuff that he apparently said
1: oh yeah but anyway um So, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, Once I
0: figure out who Nick Cannon is, I'm going to react to this.
1: He was married to Mariah Carey. He was a comedian on... What was that improv show that was on MTV?
0: No idea. I once went to a baseball game in college, like $2 tickets for the White Sox because no (laughs) one goes to their games. And I went with people in... On my in my dorm, some of whom don't pay attention to baseball at all, but they're just like, oh, a couple bucks, sure, I'll go. Yeah. And I remember the conversation because the White Sox was playing, were pay, uh, they were playing the Yankees that day, and so we were all excited because the Yankees have famous players and the White Sox, whatever. <laughs> but one of the girls in my dorm was like, "Who is that player?" And I remember this conversation because I'm like, "That's Derek Jeter. Of all the players on the Yankees, you should know him." She's like. <laughs> Why? Why is, is he really good? And I believe the conversation was like, "Who is he dating?" Madonna. Uh, he was dating I, Madonna.
1: He's now engaged to Jennifer Lopez. Oh, wow, that might, that's the thing maybe I keep forgetting.
0: That no, that's a Rod.
1: Fuck, I get that all my the time. Celebrity
0: baseball people, but I remember I'm like Derek Jeter. He's the one who's dating this celebrity. And my dorm friend was like, oh, and now she was interested in the game.
1: (laughs) Oh, another baseball anecdote. Um, uh, I don't know if you all remember, but a year ago when I was on that aforementioned road trip, um, there is a player on the Braves Indians. Fuck, he's on the Indians, was on the Indians, named Yasiel Puig, um, who I heckled so much that he struck out. (laughs) And it, it, it was captured on camera. I can send the video to anyone who's interested in. It's genuinely the thing I'm most proud of in the entire world. But he is famous for a few things. One is being a chump. The other is that he licks his bat. Like when he's, he steps out of the batter box and licks his bat in the most and that was one of my heckles i like to heckle specifically so my <laughs> heckle was when you lick your bat like that it makes all of us feel uncomfortable so um anyway, anyway um he just tested positive for covid so i guess the moral of this story is if you're a grown-ass adult don't lick things i don't know like what yes. what Anyway. Wait, I want
0: to go back to a thing. The parents who are trying to march for no masks, uh-huh. what's the name of that group? They have a name? Or the march itself had a name, I think.
1: Um, oh, I think- the Illinois Return to School 2020? That one? No. no. Mil- Million Unmasked March.
0: And then I, as, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, "Why do these groups always use a million in their name?" Because I think the next sentence was like, "They have like seven thousand people signed up on Facebook to join them."
1: Um, seventy two hundred. So. Oh, sorry. Well,
0: which means also, like three people in actual meet space.
1: Also, they're co-opting the Million Man March, which is a rally uh, for racial just Ra- <laughs> yeah, racial yeah. justice. My yeah. friend, racial justice. Um, racial justice. So maybe that's not what you want to compare yourself to. And again, this is the same
0: same thing as the McEnany thing. Like I, the kids might very well be okay, but the world doesn't revolve around just them. There are other humans involved in opening up schools. That's what everyone I know locally in my area, that's what they're worried about because they're trying to figure out how to make, how to reopen schools so that teachers and other adults are safe.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, The students are probably going to be okay no matter what but they got to make it safe to reopen for the teachers and administrators.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's rough stuff, man. Um, let's talk about cannibalism. Yes, yes, yes. I okay. always want to talk about cannibalism.
0: So this comes from, what is it? A uh, national oh, medal of freedom, medal of freedom, recipient Rush Limbaugh.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <The source. laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, Rush Limbaugh made this argument on his show. Here's what he's trying to say He's trying to say we need to adapt to the virus, Uh um, which kind of makes sense. We do need to adapt to the virus, but like safely. And we need to learn how to deal with it. And masks are one way to adapt. That's not what he means. He's just saying we need to live with it and deal with it. And so what he said is here's his example of how different groups adapt to things. (laughs) I'm going to quote here. You've heard of the Donner Party? Maybe some of you haven't. The Donner Party, dot, 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 uh, ate each other. I'm paraphrasing now. They friggin' ate each other. They had to resort to cannibalism to survive. And this is what he says. They didn't complain about it because there was nothing they could do. They had to adapt. This is what's missing. There seems to be no concept of adaptation. There seems to be no understanding in the millennial generation that we can adapt to this. So that's what the right is hearing on their radios.
1: So can I, can I tell you, can I give you a little more background on the Donner Party that makes Please. this particular quote especially ironic? Yes. Uh, so the Donner Party was, I'm sorry, I'm rearranging my chair because I'm excited to talk about the Donner Party. Um, the Donner party was part of the, uh, the Oregon trail, right? The, the journey in, into the Western frontier. Um, this particular group, it was led by a family called the Donners, but there was a, a handful of other families with them. There was 60 or so people, I think, um, the reason they got... So they famously got trapped at an overpass in the Rockies over winter. It's actually near um, near Lake Tahoe, which is where I had my honeymoon, and I did almost make my husband go to the Donner Party site because that's what it's like to be married to me. Um, but the reason they ended up at this particular pass is that there was a con man who had never traveled the pass before but sold these people this bill of goods saying... Well, I have this really special way to get across and you can go, you know, through X, Y, Z pass like a bunch of suckers. But if you go through this special pass and again, can't be clear enough. I have never been to said pass. If you go through this special pass, we'll save we'll shave a month off your time. You're going to get to California, I think, wherever the fuck they were going, California so much more quickly. And so they followed this con man who had no idea what the fuck he was talking about and just was grifting these people so he could make a couple extra money, a couple extra bucks. And then it turned out that path they took was extremely treacherous and very difficult to get over. And so it took them longer to ascend the mountains. They got caught in a snowstorm, were there for months and months, months and months and months ended up boiling and eating their shoes, eating their dogs, and eventually eating each other. Um, And so I guess what I'm saying is, in this situation, Donald Trump is that con man. And Rush Rush Limbaugh is trying to tell us that that story had a happy ending somehow. (laughs) And to be clear, I don't think they killed and ate. Many people. They did live to leave two Native Americans with no supplies to die, I think. But I don't think they killed anybody. They just ate the people who had already died. That is makes that me better? feel
0: better. Yeah, oh, right. Unclear. There you go.
1: Anyway, every day is a good day um, when I get to talk about the Donner Party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am gonna I'm gonna give a shout out. That seems like a good time to bring up a sponsor. Um, <laughs> A Being Reasonable is a new podcast hosted by Mark Solomon in which he invites guests to ask them about just one belief they hold. Like, I believe in angels, I believe in the healing power of Reiki energy, or I believe that climate change is not real. And instead of debating those guests, Mark Solomon engages in a series of questions to gauge the reliability of their belief and find out, you know, what would it take for you to revise that belief? And the goal in that case isn't to win, it's to get people thinking more clearly uh, about how they come to their beliefs themselves. It's a process commonly known as street epistemology. So Being Reasonable is the podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. Fans of our show especially may really like it. So Being Reasonable is the name of that. I want to jump to uh, these New ads. I know you guys have probably heard of the Lincoln Project and their ads. This is not one of their ads. This is from a group called Republican Voters Against Trump. Um, But they released an ad this week in which they had testimonials from a bunch of conservative Christians who grew up in their churches and basically have spent their lives in a Christian bubble where you probably always vote Republican. And they're basically telling the camera, Donald Trump is using us. He's been using us for our votes while rejecting the basic principles of our faith. Um, One guy in the video even says he's referring to the photo op where Donald Trump holds a Bible in front of a church. This is the one where he had to tear gas people along the way to Mm -hmm. get in front of the church. One guy in this video says the moment that he held up that Bible, he revealed this president is using us. Christians have to resist being used to justify things that Jesus would never justify. I love the ad. It's an amazingly Mm -hmm. powerful ad. And again, remember if 81% of white evangelicals voted for Trump in 2016, and we're at that exact number, like even today, if you can shave a couple percentage points off of that number, especially in swing States, that could make a huge difference. So, um, Good. I want to see more ads like that. That's important. Speak their language, talk about the hypocrisy, and see if it gets you anywhere. I'm kind of curious, do you actually, do you like the Lincoln Project?
1: I follow them. Um, I, ugh, man, I'm torn because I still think it's pretty hard to um, to sort of morally justify being a Republican um, yeah. in 2020 or ever since the party switched party, since the, since the party switch platforms. But yeah, I mean, listen, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Like I can't, yeah. I'm not going to dog them. And
0: this is what a bunch of Democrats have said too. It's like, well, look, I, these are Republicans who I normally would be against. But if they're making ads that are getting under Trump's skin, where they're saying, hey, your campaign manager made money off of you. Today, they had one blasting Ivanka Trump for saying, Like, oh, you lost your job in the pandemic? Find something new. And they basically ripped her for that one. And it's like you're saying, part of it is, look, if you're going to use your evil powers for good, all right, fine, I'll support you. Here's what I'm worried about. Let's say it's successful. Let's say Joe Biden wins. Knock on wood, right? What are these people going to do after that? Because it's not like they're going to suddenly support Joe Biden's agenda, And my fear is you're giving them this power, you're giving them this influence, you're giving them money in some cases, and they're just going to turn around and use it to support the Republican Party, even if Trump's not there. And that's what worries me, because like, I don't trust their principles. I don't think their principles are in the right place. I think they know where the tide is and so they're Mm -hmm. like all right we got to be against biden if we want um sorry against trump if we want to make money this go around right and they're really good at it and by the way if you haven't seen these videos and especially if you don't live in the u.s what makes these videos so compelling is that usually if you see democrats making political ads they talk about here's who i am here's what my policies are they Mm -hmm. don't do low blows sure. against their opponents. They don't take cheap shots. They don't use scare music as much. <laughs> they don't do like, uh, and that like
1: thing where the col- the colors invert.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> the, the photo negative images yeah, exactly. like, cause the democratic voters in general are like, the hell are you doing? That's you can't sway us with your stupid emotional pitches. And yet in these uh, Lincoln Project ads, they do all of that just to get under Trump's skin. And they're just like, oh, he's friends with China. Screen turns red. <laughs> Scary music comes on. It's like, I hate this when you've been using the same tactics to push racism and anti abortion ads, because the right. same people have been working on those other ads for years. But now they're turning them against Republicans. And it's like they're you could tell they're not ads. Democrats would ever put out. But damn, they're effective and good. Effective is questionable because I don't know that they're changing anyone's mind. Sure. But they're annoying the hell out of Trump, which is all that
1: matters. Yeah. And to, to your earlier point, I I don't disagree with you that like. I'm not ready to jump in bed with the Republicans just because they're anti-Trump. Nor do I think anyone should jump in bed with the Republican. I think that's the only way to phase them out is we (laughs) need to stop fucking them. Um, There you go. But um, I I feel – I I recently read a thing where Joe Biden was compared to chemotherapy. It's not ideal and it's not going to be great – but you need to go through something less than ideal to get rid of the cancer. And that's kind of how I feel about this. Like, every, like right now, my laser focus is getting rid of Trump. And secondary to that would be flipping the Senate. Yeah. But I think everything after that we'll deal with on the other side.
0: Yeah. I. That's my hope, too. It's like, get him and get Biden in office and then push for all the progressive Stuff yeah you want
1: i've um, I've been trying to think of a war metaphor of like people teaming up to fight somebody else but i don't really f- like i don't really yeah. know anything about like martial history so
0: <laughs> i was just gonna say like all these republican voters against trump the lincoln project by all means enjoy their videos uh share them if you want but the second bad election is over oh yeah bump it Get yeah. rid of it. Don't give them anything. They don't need your money because mm-hmm. um, they're going to turn and use it against you in the future. It's yes. what they do. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to be on the good side, all right, fine. Go for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 Like I, I, I welcome everybody onto the boat, but like we're, we're going to reevaluate our, t- our crew after, after this election. That wasn't my best metaphor, but I'm working on it. <laughs> um. um
0: you know what? Let's talk about Sudan for a second, because no one ever talks about <laughs> Sudan like they should. Um, this is an interesting story. Uh, last year, a Humanists International, which is another global atheist group, but one that does a lot of really good work, they released something called their Freedom of Thought Report, where they look at persecution worldwide against atheists and Uh, religious criticism. And they said Sudan is really bad. They ranked 187 out of 196 countries. Like (laughs) that's how hard it's that's how much of a theocratic nation it is. Saudi Arabia, for example, was last. Um, And one of the reasons they ranked Sudan really low is because apostasy uh, leaving Islam was punishable by death. That's one of the things. You can't be critical of Islam, much less leave it. It's a death sentence for you. But something weird happened then. Uh, After protests in Sudan last year, the ruler of the country, Omar al-Bashir, was ousted, got kicked out. And they put a new, like mostly, I don't know how democratic, but they put a new government in its place. And here's where it gets interesting. The guy who's basically their attorney general The minister of justice, his name is Nasruddin Abdulbari. He's a 41-year-old guy, young guy, who went to Georgetown and decided to go back to Sudan because one of his goals now is to make sure the nation's laws respect international human rights. And to that end, he proposed this a while back, and now it's a reality. Now these changes have been enacted. Here's what they just announced. They're out. They're about to outlaw. Oh, they outlawed female genital mutilation, Mm -hmm. which was pervasive in the country. That's banned. Now, if you're not Muslim, which is about three percent of the population, you can drink alcohol in private if you want to. Oh, nice. They said the apostasy law is no longer in effect. They said we're not going to publicly flog anybody, which was a thing they did. And they also said women no longer need their husbands' permission to travel alone with their kids, which apparently they needed in the past. Those may sound, I know, they may sound like baby steps for any country. Like, really, you needed to overturn that one. But those are huge steps for a country that was so uh, theocratic. Yeah. And that's partly because people pushed for these changes. So, I mean, worth recognizing and worth saying okay what else are you going to do from here that's good keep going mm-hmm.
1: yeah Ugh. yeah it's great um can we come back stateside and talk about yes. louisiana
0: yes what are they doing
1: um so they have a governor um his name is john bella edwards who's a democrat um, who is a Democrat? Um, so, COVID was an er, uh, New Orleans specifically was a, uh, a big hotspot for COVID early on. Um, I have a few friends who live there and I remember it like being a huge deal down there really before it reached certainly where we live. Um, so you would think they, you know, are kind of throwing everything they can to, to get this under control. Um, so their Democratic governor said, um, In a press conference on yesterday, Thursday, the 16th, he said, I know it's a little bit unusual, but we are going to call for three days of fasting and praying during lunchtime from July 20th to July 22nd. He said, I know it's a little unusual, but this will be a spiritual diet and exercise that I, as a Catholic Christian, believe is very important anyway. So we're praying for the people of Louisiana, the sick, the caretakers, and the families of those who have passed on. So I mean, I think mm. we can see expect to see this thing clear up after the 22nd. <laughs> so.
0: Right. COVID is now solved because people are skipping lunch for a couple days.
1: <laughs> Which and, and I want to be clear, like I, I absolutely whatever. If some people <laughs> genuinely think that like praying helps them and makes them feel better. Um Whatever, it, it's not har- actively harming anybody. Thankfully, it's not like saying yeah, but sort of 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 acts, Yeah, but maybe the governor should ha- like talk to scientists instead of God. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Also, Hem and I realized I forgot to pour myself a glass of wine for a recording, but I've remedied that. Don't you Good worry for you. So I- I've been very sober through this whole thing. So that's <laughs> just what I sound like. So if people who accuse me of being drunk. I rant. No, no, no. That's just my personality. <laughs>
0: uh, this is a story that I saw in the Christian Post. There's been a lot of... We talked about this last week, like $10 billion were given to churches oh, yeah, uh, yeah. from the PPP loans. But uh, they publicized the government after a lot of people fought for it. The government publicized anybody who got more than $150,000 in loans. And this is how we know how many churches got a lot of money. And um, But I saw this headline at the Christian Post, which is generally a fine source of news. They kind of play it straight on their straight news articles. Uh But the headline said this, secular group critical of churches taking PPP loans admits to also taking under $500,000. Basically saying these atheist groups who took these, who said churches shouldn't get this money, well, they took the money. And here's what it says in the article. The Freedom From Religion Foundation, which has been critical of churches being among the recipients of forgivable loans, blah, 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 took a loan of less than half a million dollars because they gave it in ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, the admission by the atheist group comes a day after they released the partial list of borrowers. They frame this as a gotcha. They framed this as hypocrisy. Uh But the whole thing is the reason these atheist groups, and it wasn't just FFRF, there were a bunch of them. They said, look, if you're going to allow taxpayer money to go to nonprofit groups, which is what the government said they were going to do, because nonprofits, even though they're not businesses, Mm -hmm. they have staffs, they are suffering, they're struggling during the pandemic, so they're eligible for the loans. And the atheist basically said, fine. Like if you want to give it to nonprofits, fine, but you can't give it to churches because they don't play by the same rules. Churches may be nonprofits, but they don't have to tell you where they're spending their money. They don't have to fill out a 990 form each year. They're not playing by the same rules. So the atheists were pointing out that the government is basically allowing this money to go to churches to use for proselytizing. And that's a problem. Right. That's all they were saying. And Nick Fish, who's the president of American Atheists, even said to this, we have not been critical of 501c3 groups receiving money, even if they are religious. And he's basically saying, like, if you want to give to, you know, the NRA or you want to give to focus on the family, these atheist groups were not saying you can't do that. Mm-hmm. They were saying specifically, they, uh, this is back to Nick Fish, while we find groups like Alliance Defending Freedom reprehensible, they're not financial black boxes, nor do they conduct inherently religious activities like houses right. of worship. So it's not hypocrisy to say nonprofits, whatever your leaning is, should all be eligible for the money. And churches, which are not transparent, should not be that's it. And by the way, four atheist groups received more than $150,000 because they're large nonprofits. And if everyone's eligible for it, they are too. But let's not compare secular like atheist groups yeah. to Christian churches receiving money because you're only going to find out how one of those groups is going to use that money.
1: Right. yeah. Um how about ba- Oh, you know who I want to talk about? Hm. Laura Ingram. All right. Last story. What do we got? It's our last story. Okay. Well, wait, it's our you last story. you didn't tell me that. Okay. Wait, now really quick though. Um, a federal judge rules that women can get abortion pills without doctor visits. That's good news. Um, some idiot who ran for Congress and a Republican said that quote, God does not want us wearing masks. That's another one. Okay. Oh. Laura Ingram. <laughs> How long have we been going? Too long. Oh, the time flies with you. Hammett. Yes. Um, so, Laura Ingram, I don't know if did you see this initial uh, initial tweet that she sent out?
0: No, I had missed this entire story oh, uh, until you told me about it.
1: I saw it and was just elated. So, she tweeted a um A link to a bigleaguepolitics.com article, the headline of which is City of Toronto bans Catholic churches from administering, oop, they might have taken it down, administering Holy Communion because of COVID.
0: So a lot of churches have done something like this where they're saying instead of everyone drinking from the same chalice or instead of a priest handing you putting a communion wafer on your mouth, some churches have said like, bring your own equipment. Will give you the bare minimum to make it work for the ritual, but that's kind of it, even the Catholic Church is changing up how it does some rituals so that it involves less touching, and I mean that in a good way, like less interaction, more safe good that's what they should be doing
1: yeah um and so she tweeted uh, <laughs> it's just oh it's so good on so many layers. Her initial tweet was linking to this article, will Joe Biden do more to pr- protect religious liberty than Donald Trump, not a prayer, and then, quote, City of Toronto bans Catholic churches from administering Holy Communion. Now, Hemet, as you and I both know, because we're not toddlers, uh, Toronto uh, is a city in Canada. Now, um, (laughs) despite our best efforts um, in the mm, 18th century, I think, 19th century, um, the U.S. does not... Own Canada, and we do not have dominion. Thereby, Joe Biden, whether he is the president or not, the president <laughs> has no say in what Toronto does. So that's fun on its face. That is what I thought the story I was bringing to you today. So this but, is what
0: everyone's saying to Laura Ingraham, like, "Hey, you know Toronto's like not under U.S. jurisdiction, right?"
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the but but then like it just came back in outdid itself because the initial article that she shared, which I think has been taken down or the link is broken unclear. Um, it wasn't even true. Communion has not been banned in Toronto. The <laughs> archdiocese of Toronto is working on new protocols to keep in-person worship safe for Catholics who want to receive this sacrament amid the coronavirus. Um, I'm overjoyed about how deeply wrong she is. It just like the, Uh, I I just, it makes me feel good and smart, which is something I kind of need these days.
0: You want to, if you want to show that she's wrong again, I'm sure it'll happen again tonight.
1: (laughs) Um, okay. So that was our last story. Uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to note, um, Grant Imahara died this week. Yeah. Um, And I just wanted to sort of bring him up because he, uh, if you don't know, he was one of the co-hosts of Mythbusters and what was the second one? Project? Oh, White Rabbit. Oh, White Project. Rabbit, yeah. Um, He is an electrical engineer by trade. He was um, a robotics guy. Um, He died suddenly of a brain aneurysm. He was only just 49 years
0: really good science communicator, a lot of charisma and fun to watch on Mythbusters. If you get a chance to find clips on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. Um, I
1: I used to, man, when I was in college, I watched Mythbusters like fucking all day, every day. It was absolutely my jam. He, you're right. He was an amazing science communicator. I think that show did a lot for, you know, science in general. mm -hmm. Um, it's not without its flaws, but you know, um, but anyway, so I just kind of wanted to, and I guess Discovery is re-airing a, bu- a bunch of his, like, best episodes. So Yeah, it's, I
0: think they're doing a marathon of his episodes uh, today or this weekend or something.
1: It's truly a, a tragic loss for, for the world of science and uh, communications and entertainment. So, um, you know, I just wanted a hat tip to him because he meant he meant a lot to me. And it's, it's truly a tragedy that we lost him. Yeah. Where do we find you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm at blueberry b l u e b u um, r i e. Also, if you want to hear more of my rantings, um, my husband and I are hosting a er, uh, are hosting a podcast called uh, Cooper Duper, which is about Twin Peaks. It's been a ton of fun. We just wrapped up the first season and started the second. Um, so you can always you can find me there um, and finally my etsy shop is bitches get stitched done um i really like last week i mentioned that i'm kind of relying a lot on the profits of that shop and this podcast to make ends meet and i really really appreciate i got a handful of orders from people and that uh, means a whole lot it really means a lot that y'all support me when you can oh my god my dog's talking in her sleep can you hear it i do Okay. Um I think those are all the things Sweet. I have. You can find me like,
0: at Hammett Meta on Twitter. You could find articles at friendlyatheist.com. Go mm-hmm. somewhere.
1: Go look at it. Oh, up. hey, don't forget we have a shop
0: too. We do. Go to yeah. friendly You'll find a shop with shirts, mugs, onesies, whatever it is you want.
1: Yeah, that's a, another fun way to to support us. Oh, and um sorry, I meant the last thing. Uh if you do, um support us on Patreon. Um, for three bucks a month, um, you get access to a whole host of bonus, uh, shows that are mostly, uh, currently mostly me and my husband discussing, uh, movies about people being stuck together in the, uh, in the vein of quarantine. So, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for, oh, I forgot to leave a, oh my God. Okay. I remember this time. Um, the, you can always five-star leave as a five star review. review. I'm going to read the most recent one because it makes me laugh a whole lot. Um, it's just called JJH. It's from Peel Mega P. Yikes. Um, this is the review. I recognize Jessica's voice on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. <laughs> I had a dispute that I, uh, got to record and send in to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Just purely, like, I don't really know anybody. It's not as you would be having a podcast. It was just a coincidence. So that was, um maybe a month ago but anyway that's it that's all i have i hope you're that's doing well stay insane
0: we'll talk to you next week all
1: right take care guys Bye.